Namaste, and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast, where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, and for today's Soulcast, I wanted to speak about resolutions and the opportunity of thresholds. In this time-space reality we are in right now, it's the liminal space of the new year 2021, but contemplating these ideas can be helpful whenever you are listening to this soul cast as life truly is a series of magical and transformative thresholds if we choose to walk through them what a year it's been and i am literally sitting in my bedroom deliberating whether to even record this audio podcast because so many eventful things have happened today, which is the case for many of our days collectively this past year. And this is part of our resolution constitution. So I thought, let me give it a whirl and we'll see how it goes. But I feel like all of us collectively have really realized and really stepped up to the plate to be resolute this year. If you're listening to this, you have succeeded to a significant extent to be resolute. And I wanted to speak about the etymological aspects of this word resolution. Resolution is what I saw when I wrote the word out earlier today. And etymologically speaking, It shares the roots with the words resolve, as I mentioned, and also solution. If you look at the word, it's R-E-solution. So when I was contemplating this more deeply, because I feel like this is a really interesting concept and thread to pull on, solution in chemistry is when there's a homogeneous mixture of two or more substances that are similar or alike. And there's even this concept that I love in science called the limit of solubility. So it's like the maximum amount of solute that can dissolve in a solvent at a specific temperature and a specific pressure, and then it can't take anymore. And I feel like This year, we've all hit, so to speak, metaphorically and quite literally this this, um, limit of solubility. And so what is the solution when we're thinking about our resolutions? When we consider this word solution within the term of resolution, we often think of things that will quote unquote fix our current life situation, which of course is very human, normal and natural to think in these types of polarities. Like, I am lazy or not active enough, so I will exercise more this upcoming year. Or, I am so anxious, so I'll become peaceful. So sweet, but often when we bifurcate our behaviors in our mind, which can be categorized as quote good and quote bad, we get into the land of duality and away from the true definition of solvent, which is that homogeneous mixture I mentioned, meaning the blending 
of two things that aren't so different that they can't integrate into one. In yoga, at least in my interpretation and experience of the tradition between the notion of good and bad, right and wrong, there is this sweet spot of enlightenment. And that is what we're going for. Enlightenment is not considered something that's not attainable, but actually very attainable. As the poet Rumi says, out beyond ideas of right doing and wrong doing, there is a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. So as we stand on this precipice of time and threshold of the new year, and if you're listening to this later, again, the truth is that every day, every month, or lunar cycle, even every hour is its own sacred threshold if we remember it is so. I wanted to share one of my favorite yogic tales about thresholds and integrating polarities and opposites in order to hopefully inspire you. I love wisdom stories because every character in the story is you. So settle in. And just let this story work its soul psyche medicine within you. Once upon a time, forever and a day ago, but not yet so long ago at all, because it's happening right now in the present moment in your very own heart, mind, and body. There was a beautiful and brilliant goddess named Parvati, meaning the daughter of the mountain. The mountain refers to this earthly plane, living a householder life, which sometimes can feel literally like climbing a mountain. (laughs) The mountain also represents our root chakra or the energy processing center, which is associated with our feet, legs, and hips, associated with our homes and our sense of survival security. Parvati, the great and powerful goddess, is also in charge of all the cows. And in India, they are considered incredibly sacred because they are the providers of nourishment and therefore they are not ever eaten, but only worshipped. And she is said in her energy to take care of these life-giving beings as she is the consummate quintessential life-giving energy force itself. This influential goddess in her own right, after turning down innumerable marriage proposals, accepts that of Lord Shiva's, who is the god of transformation, death, and dissolution. Her friends are like, why are you committing in a long-term relationship to him? He who is so wild, he loves to dance. He often is depicted dancing in rings of fire all over the world in many forms of artwork. Why would you pick him? He who is so intense, really into, unafraid, moving towards these energies of death and destruction. And who loves and often leaves for thousands and thousands of years to go meditate in caves. Why him? 
To which she responds, because there is nothing more attractive than confidence in who you are at the ground of your being. Nothing more badass than being able to hold space and presence for the hardness of life's transitions and deaths. Plus, I'll get my alone time, for she didn't want to be in a codependent relationship. So, upon them being married, one day, Shiva had decided to go away for one of his usual 10,000 plus year meditation stints by himself in a cave. Parvati during this time started to yearn for a child because she knows being the consummate householder that the quickest way to evolve and even to know ourselves more fully is through relationship with others. And so she decides to draw herself a bath, autonomous to herself. And she does this Ayurvedic, which is a a yogic, scientific skin ritual practice of rubbing herbs that were so nourishing, mixed with beautifully scented flower petals and oils on her skin in its entirety. And from this resin, she literally begins to fashion a boy in her bath. Filled with delight is this boy. And he begins to spontaneously dance just like her husband. And she recognized with glee and exuberance, this is her son. The bubbles in the bath start to get bigger as he's popping them and gazing up as his mama in complete delight. And then Parvati, after a little while, gets tired and wanting to soak from the energy it took to create another being. She tells her son to go guard the threshold of her bathroom, the gateway of the door, and to not let anyone, no matter who they are, pass through. Meanwhile, Shiva is in his meditation cave still, and he senses an urge to return to his beloved early. And you know how sometimes when the lover puts up a boundary, it can make you want them even more. (laughs) So he has this yearning and and comes back home. And when he returns, he walks in the door super psyched, to be reunited with his partner only to find this young child annoying him by not letting him into his very own bathroom. Now, Shiva has a predisposition, as I mentioned, of wildness to begin with. And it doesn't take much to piss off the Lord of destruction and God of disasters. So even though it's a kid, when this stubborn child is blocking him and he is longing for his beloved this kid who's just unshakable in his insistence to not let anyone into the bathroom, Shiva lops off his head in one quick stroke. Parvati hears the commotion and comes out confused and then immediately, understandably, totally flips out on Shiva, explaining who the boy was and what he had done. She threatens to destroy all of creation if he doesn't remedy the situation at once and really proves uh, in this declaration how the divine feminine can get just as wild as the divine masculine. 
So Shiva gathers his posse and tells them to go in the direction of north. For north in yoga and many different traditions is associated with the physical body, the root chakra I mentioned, the root of ourselves, the ground of being and our commitments. Our way of showing up consistently to fix things when we've messed up and to show up when things get hard, no matter what. The first being they find in the forest, they will take its head, Shiva tells them, and replace it on the boy's body. So they go into the forest facing north, and pretty soon the first creature that they see is this opalescent white elephant. Gajasura was his name. And he had lived a life filled with incredible misalignments, indiscretions, misdemeanors. And it is said when he saw Lord Shiva himself, he immediately recognized him and heard of the situation from his cohorts. And then he actually has this moment where he bows and offers his head, offers it up. Hey, take my head. And in doing so, Shiva and Parvati's son got his head and became known as Lord Ganesha, the placer and remover of obstacles, the garter of thresholds and ruler of the root chakra associated with the earth energies. Like any kid, a true combination of his parents' energies of the mountains and completely of meditation. His energy, archetype, and story are considered auspicious to contemplate, meditate, and cogitate on when embarking or really in any transitional period or threshold. So I invite you right now in this seam of time to pause. Even the space where the inhalation and the exhalation meet is considered a sacred threshold. Even if you feel like right now you're doing something completely mundane like the dishes or an errand, this is a sacred threshold. Truly, any time we step into the present moment, where life is really lived and feel into it and inhabit it completely with our 100% attention, it becomes a gateway, a threshold, a stepping into the sacred and the liminal moments within and without. So I invite you right now to take the sacred pause. Even if you're doing something you can't stop, like driving, You can simply listen to my words with full attention and let them dissolve with the Shiva quality into your psyche. And if you want to take a moment and sit and close your eyes, if it's safe to do so, feel free. In this sacred pause, connect to the root of your body your seat, your feet, whatever's touching the ground beneath you. Take a breath or two and begin to feel 
your breath breathing you and rest your awareness in its ebbs and flow. During this past year, there has been so much challenging loss for so many of us. And so if it's safe to do so, you can take your left hand onto your heart. Send three loving breaths of compassion into your heart space. And if you can't touch your physical heart, feel into your chest and your heart and add the element of three compassionate breaths. You can even add the words on the last one or add an extra one with these words. It has been a lot, dear one. Then release your hand and feel the front of your face, just sensing it, not literally touching it, where your eyes are and your noses and your lips, perhaps sensing the air and where the air is meeting the front of your face that expresses all your feelings, that sees and takes in with your senses all that you take in on a daily basis. Then feel into the more innocuous place in the back of your head. Take a few conscious breaths and feel into the back of the head, maybe even where the skull meets the neck, and breathe into the space. And now, begin to breathe the inhalation from the front of your face and exhale into the back of your head. And do this five or six times. Each inhale, breathing through the front of the face and all the orifices and all the skin cells and on the exhale breathing into the back of the head feeling your hair follicles becoming absorbed with breath then let the breath be natural and without trying to figure out any answer intellectually, let my words pervade your consciousness. What have you gained this year or epoch? What have you gained this year or epoch? And just let the words be an offering like you throw the seashell into the ocean and then you see what water patterns arise see what arises 
Now begin to feel into your Sahasra chakra, which is considered the crown of the head or the seventh energy center. It's said that the spirit comes into the body when one is born and then leaves the body in this special way. And so this sacred portal, it's a threshold. You can touch gently the top of it if it's safe to do so, or simply breathe and feel into it. Take two or three breaths and focus only on the sensation in the top of your head. And now pose the inquiry. This is called a dharna in Sanskrit, the yoga language. What new head or perspective are you ready for in this upcoming year or period of time? Like Ganesh is willing to Take a new head, like the elephant offers the head. What new head or perspective are you ready for in this upcoming year or period of time? Notice what arises during this inquiry for another few seconds. Crystallize it in your mind's eye. What have you gained this year? What knowledge, what new experience? Whenever there's loss, there's also gain. There are two sides of the coin. And what head or perspective are you ready for in this upcoming year or period of time? Might simply be your day. Now sense into the rest of your body, your arms, your spine, and take a breath. And now feel into your hips once again, then the legs and then the feet and take three deep present breaths, experiencing your feet like roots pulling up energy from the floor or whatever they're on. You can even do that on the inhalation. Pull energy up into your feet on the inhale, and then out your feet on the exhale. Really noticing and feeling that ground of being, that quality of Shiva within you, supporting you. Now, feel into the right side of your body, the solar, yan, Shiva side. Take a breath. Feel from your right toe tips all the way up through the right leg, and the hip. Take another few breaths 
and follow this stream of consciousness like the Nile River moving upward through the right side of the belly, the chest, and through the entirety of the right arm and fingertips. Reaching through the right side of the throat and even the right crown of the head, the whole right side of your physicality sense now as one cohesive whole. Now turn your attention to the left toes and left foot. Take a deep breath. Feel and draw consciousness up now through the whole left leg, through the left hip, and up into the left side of the spine, left side of the belly. And then consciousness through the left shoulder and left arm out the left fingertips. Continuing to breathe with presence, feel into the left side of the throat and reaching up through the left side of the crown of the head. This is the lunar, the yin, the Parvati side. Now, with each ensuing breath, sense both halves of your body now coming together like Shiva and Parvati. We separate and then we come together. And then we separate and then we come together. And feel the sense now of the reunion, of the coming together, all parts of you to step into this threshold Take another breath or two and feel like both halves of the body are two magnets being drawn, integrated into one entity and feel the comfort and solidity of that. Like the story I told, how can we transform the obstacles that we face into love, into our beloved even, that teach us so many things. How can we make crisis opportunities? How can we birth our goals while honoring our unique idiosyncratic tendencies? Because in our tempers, there is the potentiality of action and transformation. In our stubbornness even, there is the seed of commitment. How can our resolutions be solvents that bring the substances of ourselves together in a way that, like Ganesh, we integrate the trauma that is part of our experience in order to realize the greatest potential? It is said, though Lord Ganesh is the most quote-unquote different and unique looking yoga god. He is the one revered most by all others because he is the part of you standing at that threshold to the next level, to your up-leveling, to your evolvement, to your enlightenment. 
the next version of yourself that the world needs so very much and has yet to see. There's also the understanding in the yoga world that I love that he is both the remover and the creator of obstacles. And sometimes it's the obstacle itself that teaches us an important lesson for sure. Sometimes the obstacle blocks us and protects us from an even greater obstacle that would actually cause us harm. And often when we're in the middle of obstacles, we can't know this information. We can't see it. Like I have an in-law whose ancestor was a maid and had a ticket to go onto the Titanic. And for her, at her stage of life, at her income and quality of life, it would have been the beginning of a seemingly really new and better life. But then she got very ill and couldn't go. And then, of course, we know this ended up being a great blessing, this obstacle that protected her from something. So this time that has been filled with so many collective and individual obstacles. May we, may you practice changing your head, so to speak, and really seeing your obstacles from all angles. And may you consider your resolutions, intentions, and goals in the same way from all the angles. Let's do this. Consider what are you trying to shed and then honor it, but maybe even keep part of it to inform you like Ganesha's body was kept and a healthy dose of its opposite, of course, too. And notice how that might bring more balance into your life. It might allow your new habit or way of being even to quote unquote stick So again, think solution in your resolution and resolve to bring all parts of yourself together as one, more integrated like Shiva and Parvati. Resolve to consider the areas you want to improve, quote unquote, in and embrace their wisdom too. If you don't exercise enough, you do know how to relax. If you are anxious, you probably care a lot. Consider reframing the places you feel are weak within yourself and they actually can be launching points for your goals, aspirations, and visions when they are acknowledged as part of the solvent that will ultimately lead to a more balanced, fulfilled life, which is an enlightened one. Sending you love, encouragement, and rootedness on these audio waves that transcend time and space, dear ones. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please write me a review on whichever platform you are listening. Also, check out my exciting Patreon page, at patreon.com slash modernmysticlove where I offer all sorts of uplifting yoga classes, meditation classes, and other amazing offerings from my guests on this podcast to all my incredible supporters. Even folks who donate at the $5 a month level are so appreciated as every cent helps this busy mama of three. 
or check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can purchase yoga videos of all levels with me ranging from gentle yoga up through advanced asana and also meditation videos there. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste.